Now, this morning, we're just continuing our series we started last week called New Normal. And um, I, I don't know, you know if you noticed, but uh, man, we've been in, in quite a crisis here. In fact, this is the only crisis of my lifetime, maybe your lifetime, maybe anybody's lifetime, that the whole world was affected. So this is one of the, the easiest uh, times in series for you to invite someone to be a part of or to share it because there's nobody untouched. There's nobody that gets a pass. There's nobody that gets, you know, a week off. There's, we had some astronauts in space. They got disconnected a little bit, but, but they came back, I think. So nobody gets out of this one. We're all going through the same thing. So this series is talking about that. So um, I want to encourage you to, to like, uh, share the link after the service is over. If you're online, you can do that. You can do it you know, from your phone. But uh, uh, we've also made this series a Facebook event. So it's pinned to the top of our page if you go to Kingwood Church, and um, you can invite people to attend the event. So it's easier than ever to spread seeds of hope in Shelby County, and I hope that you'll help us do that. So look, this crisis is not going to be over soon. Um, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but that's my guess. Uh, you know, I remember in March we were thinking, well, maybe by Easter. Remember that? Remember that time? Remember how naive we are? Well, maybe Mother's Day. Well, maybe summer, you know. And here we are in August, school trying to start back. Half the college football conferences are, you know, going different ways and all that. So, look, it's just not going to be over quick. It's not going to be over soon. We thought we were talking about weeks. Now we realize we're talking about months. Now we're really talking about a lot of months, not just a few months. And so that's where this series comes from. What is the new normal? And what is God doing in the new normal? That's what we want to talk about. And so that's relevant really to everybody. We need guidance. We need peace. We need his touch. We need his direction. I won't say that we need it more than we've ever needed it because we've always needed it. We just realize we need it more than we realized it before. And so that's what this conversation in New Normal is about. So just to give you a little review of last week and kind of catch us up if you missed it, we talked about God's people in the book of Exodus who had been in slavery for 430 years. So I want you to think about that for a minute. 430 years of slavery means nobody could remember a time that anybody was free. Like as long as anybody could remember, so this was normal. And they hated it and they were frustrated by it and they had no freedom and all of that, but it was normal. It was familiar. It's what they knew. And I find that in tough times, um, it's no surprise when times got tough, they actually wanted to go back to slavery and back to Egypt because it's what was familiar. As a matter of fact, we looked at Exodus last week, but if you go along in the story a little bit, when um, God supernaturally sort of broke his people out of jail and got them out of slavery and moving toward the promised land, they hit hard times in the journey and then decided, we want to we wanna go back to slavery. Numbers 14, 3 and 4 says, and they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now here's what I find. It's human nature to crave the familiar, even if the familiar's bad. Because at least I know what it is. At least there won't be. I think what it is is we actually have the illusion of control. If it's familiar, my, my uh, illusion is, is that I can control it because I know what it is. Of course, that's not true, but I think that's probably why we like the familiar. When we're in tough times, 
like the children of Israel, we want what's familiar. I, I have found in myself across the last several months, my instinct when I'm unguarded and I'm not thinking about it, my impulse and instinct is to try to long for something that was the way it was. I want things back the way they were. I want to go back to something. I want to return to something. That's my instinct when I'm unguarded or I'm not really thinking about it. But what if the direction God was leading us wasn't backwards? What if it was forwards? What if the place God wanted to take us wasn't back to anything, but it was forward to something else? Just because it's normal doesn't mean it was the way God wanted it. Maybe there were some things about our normal that God didn't want that way. He never intended it. We tended to live a life of overcommitting and overspending and, and unchecked busyness. Man, I can't remember the last time somebody said, oh, I'm not busy. Maybe we were drowning in compulsive activity and addictive behavior, and maybe God doesn't want us to go back exactly the way it was. Dave Ramsey said, if you live like your neighbors, you'll never be out of debt because being in debt's normal. Maybe normal. Maybe normal wasn't good. Maybe it was just familiar. Maybe there's some things we don't need to go back to. Just because it's worse on the outside doesn't mean it's worse on the inside. This might be an opportunity that God is trying to speak to us and lead us forward. They just wanted to go back to slavery because it's what they knew. Now here's the question I've got for you. God is speaking to us. I believe God is speaking to us. I believe God is speaking to the world, to the planet. The question is, will you go on the journey with him? Are you going to go on the journey or are you going to go back? That's the question. If you know, people ask, did God cause COVID-19? I don't know if God, I don't know the mind of God. I don't know if God calls COVID-19. How would I know that? I don't know. But I know he won't miss an opportunity to use it. And right now, he has the attention of the whole world. Because uh, we're, we're out of answers. We're, we're trying to find a vaccine, trying to find a cure. There's no silver bullet. And the disruption is high. The contention and the frustration is high. Maybe God wants to make you somebody else. Maybe God wants you to see this as an opportunity, not as an obstacle. Maybe God wants you to change jobs or reconcile with your spouse or lighten your schedule or get back in church or start doing your devotions or make space for him in your life. Maybe he wants you to re-engage with your family or maybe he wants you to do something transformational or revolutionary in your heart. Maybe that's what this is all about. Maybe, well, I got, maybe, look, maybe, you're going to say I'm just tampering with you, but maybe when you come to church, God wants you to sit in the front and worship. Like the woman with the alabaster box who came and shattered it on the feet of Jesus and lavished her work. Maybe that's, and you say, you know what? God doesn't care where everybody sits when they worship. God might not care where everybody sits when they worship. He might just care where you sit. Are you on a journey with him? I remember when I was a teenager and a God really just ignited my heart. And man, change started to happen in my life. And I got on this thing where I got to listen to worship music and that's it. All, no other music, only worship music. 
And so I went through this time about, whatever, year and a half, two years. I listened to nothing but worship music. you got to understand, you, you got, look, if you're under like 30, you got no idea about variety in worship music. Like you, you, we had like three tapes. I mean, that's it. That was it. There was nothing else. And one of them was Sandy Patty, so I'm not even sure that counts. And if you know who that is. You know what I'm talking about? Like the quality, you know, it wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? The heart was there. The spirit was there. Quality, not so much. Integrity Hosanna, you know. Do, 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 little boom chuck. And, and we had these tapes. And look, I played the same tapes over and over and over and over. And I had memorized every word to every song. And I could just sing along. And I would. I'd just sing along. As a matter of fact, I even had this big giant speaker, bigger about twice the size of this, I put in the back of my truck and hooked it up and just blared it out the back as I went down the highway. Worship music. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change Memphis. Blowing right out the back of my truck. Down the highway, people thought, that guy's insane. And here's the thing. I did that for, for a long time, but here's, what's the, here's the thing. For me, secular music was the devil, and Christian rock music was for backsliders. <laughs> Everybody knew the real Christians, like the real Christians, only listened to worship music. And I didn't say that to anybody, but that's what I thought. You know why? I got confused between God's work inside me and my actions to move toward him. But for all the confusion I had and for all the things I got wrong, I got one thing right. I was on a journey with God. And I would not take it back for anything. For anything. That's the question I got for you. It's not about do you stand up or do you sit down or do you lift your head. No, no, no. Are you on a journey with God? That's the question. Are you willing to get some stuff wrong in order to get the heart right? That's a question. I know this. If you try to go back to what you had, I promise you frustration because things are never going to be exactly the way they were. And if you try to rebuild the past, you will live a frustrated and probably angry life. So you, you have to move forward. But if you move forward with where God's taking us, you can move forward with joy and purpose. But you're not going to hold on to it or reconstruct it or rebuild it. You know the, th the thing about going through traumatic things is weird's the only thing that works. You ever been through trauma? When you go through trauma, you do things you thought you would never do. The only thing is some of them work. Weird's the only thing that works when you're going through trauma. You, you, take, you take perspective. You take strategies. You think different ways than you thought you'd never think. Because you're in a crisis. I'm not excited about the suffering. I'm not excited about the sickness. I'm not excited about the disruption and for all that the teachers are going through. And all. I'm not excited about any of that. I hate all of that. I hate every bit of it. However, this one thing I am very excited about, and that's that our faith is being stirred. I'm excited about that. Our faith is being stirred. I mean... There are people praying right now that didn't believe in prayer six months ago. 
I don't believe there's a God. Jesus, are you there? God, if you can hear me. Right? You, I don't, it's something crazy. You might even be able to share this service with somebody, and they might even be annoyed. Like, you might be able to share the link to this service to someone, and before they'd say, you religious weirdo, and now they open it and go, I wonder if there's something in there that could help me. Because they're overwhelmed. It might encourage them. Isn't that crazy? It might encourage They might be trying to figure out how they're going to juggle school the next eight weeks and open and go, thank God, a breath of fresh air. See, everything's shifting. Everything's changing. Maybe you could say, I heard this sermon and I thought of you, and they might be glad they might have lost their job. Finally, we have space for faith. Normal doesn't have any time for faith. That's the normal we were in. You know, I don't want to pretend to speak for God because I don't think I know his mind on everything. But this is my opinion, and I'll say that. It's my opinion. My opinion is is that when this whole thing's over, whenever that is and whatever that looks like, if we just go back to what we were, it'll be the biggest disappointment to God. We will have missed the moment. We will have missed what God wanted to do through all of it. So what's the new normal God's bringing? Well, we talked about it last week. It starts by us hearing the cry of our heart, the cry of creation, the cry of the Holy Spirit. And then when we begin to respond to that cry, God, watch this, God starts to renovate our mind. He starts to renovate our thoughts and our thought life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we see it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now, just stop right there for a minute. God's mercy is not normal. Who do you know in your life that you can fail an unlimited amount of times and they'll keep loving you anyway? Only God. Only God. That's not normal. See, what Paul, when he wrote Romans, was trying to do is he was trying to transition people off an Old Testament sacrificial system and say, I know what's been normal is for you to go to the temple and bring doves or an ox or a bull or something and sacrifice it and and send that sacrifice in through the priest to the Holy of Holies. Then he would sacrifice that for you, and then that would defer the judgment that's on your life for another year. That's what was normal. And what Paul was trying to say is, that's gone. That's the old normal. Let me tell you what the new normal is. you got to let that go. The new normal is God's mercy. God's mercy is the new normal. Who keeps loving you no matter how many times you fail? Only God will do that. See, we got caught up in these earthly systems of give and get and work and earn. And mercy is the new normal. We've moved from a sacrificial system to grace. And it's funny, 2,000 years ago that happened, and, and we still, some of us haven't moved. We still have embraced the systems of this world, earn and give and get, and, and you scratch my back and I'll scratch your back and all of this stuff. 
And then Romans chapter 12, verse 2, watch this. By the way, the world's been weird for a long time. The world didn't get weird at COVID-19. The world's been weird for a long time. And that's what we're going to read. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Maybe what God's actually trying to do is reorder some of our priorities because, I don't know, maybe we did things like we worship sports more than we worship Jesus. And, and maybe, maybe for the first time, we can actually hear that. Maybe we actually had to hit the pause button on normal and the way things were for our ears to even be open, our eyes to even be open, to be able to hear that. Maybe the normal God's not trying to get us back to is the normal where we worship our kids' activities more than we worship Him. We look at our kids and we say, oh, we'll be back at church in about three months. We don't have time for family prayer right now because we got to get to the ball field. Why was that normal? A, a few months ago, I, there's a trail by my house where I walk, and I was walking, and it was, you know, it was weird. It's weird. They got police tape on all the picnic tables, you know, in the pavilion. You couldn't touch anything. You're, you know, you're walking like this, trying to levitate so you don't, you know, touch anything. You're just walking out there. You don't know what you're doing. But as the weeks went by, you know, the police tape left, and, you know, this would change, and things would open. And then one morning, I walked out. And uh, as I walked by this little baseball field, there's a bunch of kids out there playing baseball. And I was like, oh, yeah, because we got two boys, and we've always been active and outside. And I thought, oh, yeah, them little guys have been shut up in their house. Thank you, God, that they're out. And, and, thank, and I know mom and dad are thanking you right now that they're out of the house, you know, doing, doing their thing. And I was so excited about that. And then I thought about it, and I went, oh, wait a minute. I wonder if this is the activity that's going to keep them out of church and out of faith and out of what you want for their life. I wonder if we're going back to that. Because I'm not against sports. I love sports. I do all that. But I, I, I'm not going to worship it. And I'm not going to put it first in my life. It's never going to be first in my life. And we never allowed our kids to put it first in their life. You can play everything you want to play, but it, you, it's not going to be first. You're not going to worship it. You know why? Because there's going to be no football in heaven. I, I'm sorry, don't tweet that to Nick Saban, but I'm telling you, there's going to be no football in heaven. Because football is about a hundred and something years old. God's kingdom is millennia. And it's going to be here long after whatever games we've made are over. See, the world's weird. We keep trying to conform to the world as if it's the path to life. We keep pushing through life spiritually empty and we've accepted too much brokenness as normal. The world is weird. We're no more prayer in school. That's not normal. Keep your faith to yourself. Keep your religion to yourself. That's not normal. Let's take in God we trust off everything. Let's get rid of the Ten Commandments. That's not normal. And it takes a crisis for us to remember what's normal. Faith is normal. That's what's normal. Faith is normal. <laughs> we just couldn't say it before because we get in trouble or something. I don't know. 
I know this, God cannot bring change in your life. Listen to me. God cannot bring change in your life unless you are willing to let go of the pattern of the world. You have to let go. So please, look, some people are going to keep working and beating their head against a wall until they get their life back as close as they can get it to what it was, and they're going to embrace the pattern of the world. I know that's going to happen, but it doesn't have to happen for you. You can embrace a new normal. You can say, this is the time, this is the hour, this is the opportunity. The Holy Spirit's talking to me. You can do that. And you can say, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to the way things were. I'm not going to accept the pattern of this world. Because the world wants you to conform. Did you see in in verse 2? Do not conform. That's what the world wants out of you, is it wants you to conform. So I want to read a long quote to you from a, a, a good Christian leader. I would have major theological differences with this person. However, this quote is spot on, and I want to read it to you. Here's what he says, John Piper. I am wired by nature to love the same toys that the world loves. I start to fit in. I start to love what others love. I start to call earth home. Before you know it, I'm calling luxuries needs and using my money just the way unbelievers do. I begin to forget the war. I don't think much about people perishing. Missions and unreached people drop out of my mind. I stop dreaming about the triumphs of grace. I sink into a secular mindset that looks first to what man can do, not what God can do. It's a terrible sickness. And I thank God for those who have forced me again and again toward a wartime mindset. Can I tell you this morning, I came to challenge you to a wartime mindset. Because there's a war going on and there's a world that wants you to conform and there's a Holy Spirit that wants to transform you from within. And and there's two different worlds. There are two different paths. There are two different roads. Normal to the world is conform you, pressure you, and beat you down until you become like everybody else. But God wants to transform you. He wants to release power inside you until you become like his son Jesus. Which sounds weird to you? Which one sounds weird to you? One sounds like life. Some stuff we thought was normal was just familiar. It wasn't really normal at all. People ask me, so when's the church going to get back to normal? Here's my answer. I hope never. I hope never because we weren't perfect before. We got some ways to go. We got some growing to do. We've got some things the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of us. And man, I want to get there. It's time for a reset. So, all right, this morning, here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to close. This doesn't sound like I'm closing, but I am. I'm going to close with six thoughts. You ready? You're like, Ugh. When I was praying about this service, I said, God, help me. What's the new normal? And can I tell you, as I prayed, it's like six things jumped out of the Scripture into my mind. Like the, I couldn't write them fast enough like that. And I want to give you the six things that I believe God is emphasizing as the new normal. If you got something to write with, I encourage you to write these down. Number one, I'm not going to list the, I'll list the reference, 
but not the scripture. You can, you can go back and read those if you like. Number one, you are forgiven and not condemned. That's the new normal. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Revenge and grudges and rejection and shame and condemnation are normal. Just look at our political cycle. That's normal. That's normal. But you can't earn your forgiveness. You can't do enough good works to offset your bad works. God's calling you to a new normal. And once you're forgiven, you can't be condemned. (laughs) That's the thing. And it's free. It costs Jesus everything, but it's free. He gives the gift of grace freely to us. You are forgiven and you are not condemned. Number two, you are a child of God. You have a family-like relationship with God. You are a son. You are a daughter. He is your father. You are to interact with him like a family. That's normal. I don't know, I don't know what we've been doing, but that, that's what's normal. Number three, the Holy Spirit lives in you. John 14, 7, Jesus said, when I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come to earth, and he's going to be with you, and he's going to live in you. He's going to live in you. That's not normal. You know why it's not normal? Because God didn't live in people in the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. There's a new normal. There's a new pattern. There's a new way that's here. And I'm not going to just be walking with you down the road telling you parables. I'm actually, the Holy Spirit's going to move inside you. You're going to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And look, I looked up some of the titles for the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Listen to this. Guide, comforter, helper, friend, breath of God, counselor, spirit of grace, spirit of truth, spirit of knowledge, spirit of life, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. Living in you. Living inside you. That's normal. That's the new normal. Number four, you have direct access to God. Can I tell you one of the great blessings and benefits of being a part of a church family is that you have other believers who can pray for you. It is a blessing and it is a benefit, but it is not a requirement. What do I mean by that? Nobody has to take your need to God for you in order for it to get there. You don't have to go through anybody else. We were out eating lunch after service last week and I was interacting with the the lady I knew at the restaurant real well and she said, I said, boy, I asked, how are y'all doing? And she was telling me. And, and um, I said, boy, we're really praying for you that everything's going to be. And she said, please pray for me. She said, I know God hears your prayers. And I said, you know what I believe? I believe God hears your prayers too. You have the same access to God that I, I'll gladly pray for you. And I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you. But can I tell you something? God hears you just as much as he hears me. That's normal. You have direct access to God. Number five, you are being transformed, Romans 12, 2. Either you're growing in your identity in Christ or you're not growing. Either you're growing in who you are in God or you're not growing. God is transforming you and making you like Jesus. He's not beating you into conformity from the outside. There is a spring of life flowing from the inside. The world's method is beating you into into conformity. God's method is a wellspring of life that will overflow. Number six, you're a worshiper. I want to look back at Romans 12.1 because it has an important word in it we didn't look at. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, watch this, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Watch, this is your true 
in proper worship. That word worship in the original language, the New Testament was written in Greek originally. So you can get a fuller meaning of what the Bible's saying if you go back to the original language and read it. And if you go back and read that word worship in Greek, here's what it means. It means that thing that a person gives their whole life to. So, so let's look at that again. This is your true and proper thing that you give your whole life to. If you read further down in Romans 12, you'll see that it says, if you serve, if you teach, if you lead, do it with diligence. In other words, do everything you do, and everything you do, put God first. We're not talking about, do you raise your hand, do you sing loud, do you sing, we're not talking about all that. How do you look when you worship? We're not talking about all that. This word worship is so much bigger than that. This word worship means, have you moved God to the front first place of every activity in your life? Do you vacation? Do you have family time? Do you, when you are at work, when you're under pressure, when you're at rest, have you looked through that lens and said, how can I put God first in this moment, in this environment, in this relationship? That is true worship. That is proper worship. That is to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. What's crazy is, look, we can't even meet often. Like, we're meeting once a week right now here, and, and the majority of our church is online, can't even meet in person right now. Thank God that he didn't limit his work to our geography. We can worship him as the first place in our life, whether we gather together or not. But it's something that we got to do. It's something that we've got to decide. This, when I was reading this, I saw a connection in Scripture I've never seen. Romans 12.1 12, says, this is your true and proper worship. It reminded me of an encounter that Jesus had with a woman who had lived in the pattern of the world. She had come into conformity to the world. She had gone, jumped from man to man to man to man to man, and she had this empty cavern inside her soul she could not fill. And one day she met Jesus at a well, and he said there's a well with, with life springing up in it, and if you drink from it, you'll never thirst again. Let me tell you what happens. She met Jesus, and when she met Jesus, everything changed. And here's what Jesus told her in John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Are you the kind of worshiper the Father seeks? She went back to her town and she told everybody in her village what happened and a bunch of them came back with her to meet Jesus and they all became Christians and got saved. And then according to church tradition, she went back to the town and they started a church and she became the pastor of the church. Whew. Are you a worshiper? Are you a worshiper? Romans 12.1 says, true and proper worship. John 4.23 says, worship in the spirit and in truth. Man, this is the time. So here's the thing, okay? Would you stand with me? Here's the thing.
we got a decision to make. Here's the decision. We're either going to go back and conform to the pattern of the world or we're going to move forward and we're going to be transformed from within by a new way of thinking. You got to make a decision. I got to make a decision. Am I going to long for the comfort and familiarity of the way things were or am I going to cling on to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing and go with Him into a new normal? So with every eye closed this morning, if you're online, would you just prepare yourself for prayer? I just want to ask you today, as we pray for a moment, to make that decision. You, you know, you say that's a big decision. How can I make that decision for the rest of my life or any? Make that decision for today. Is your intention today to move on with the Holy Spirit in a new normal, or is your intention today to go back to the pattern of the world? What is your decision? As you make that decision, if you're online this morning, if, you, if you, you're making that decision, just drop a comment in the comment section and let our prayer team pray that with you. And I want to pray that with you in the house this morning. Lord, today help us to make a good decision. God, help us to go on with the Holy Spirit. Help us to move on with what you have for us in this hour and in this season. God, stir us and wake us up and let us see and let us hear and let us know what you have. Because God, today, we want to go on with you. Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone watching and listening today. God, that you would bless, that you would comfort, that you would guide, that you'd give us clarity, that you would move us on. Come on and make that decision. And as you make that decision, I want you to start to pray. I want you to start to pray and say, God, I'm, I'm moving toward you. I'm making that decision. I'm moving toward you this morning. Come on and just pray it. I'm moving toward you, Lord. I, I don't want to be conformed to the pattern of the world. I want to be transformed. Come on, pray it. God, transform me. God, change me today. Move me. Show me. Let me be the person you want me to be, your son and daughter, Lord, in, in fullness. As we um, close this service in a few minutes, we got one more song we're going to sing. And I love this song because it, it talks about a better word. And Hebrews says that we have a better high priest and a better covenant and a better way and a better pattern than the world. We have a better future. Come on, we have a better future. So this morning, I want you just to begin to lift your voice as the worship team comes, and I want you to sing this song, Better Word, this morning. Come on, everybody. If you're at home, turn the volume up, and let's sing it.